OTBGAA. Hurling games, all we can do is do our absolute best, and but we have to dust ourselves down and we have to go again. Just be the best that you can be after that. Subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. Rugby on Off the Ball. With Vodafone, official sponsors of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. Now, so I'm sure lots of you have been hearing about the International Rugby Experience. It launches today, Tuesday, May the 2nd on O'Connell Street in Limerick. There's been huge anticipation. If you're wondering what it is, it is a fully interactive celebration of what it takes to become a legend of the game. Internationalrugbyexperience.com is the website to visit. And there are a whole host of familiar faces in Limerick for the launch, including our guest who is kindly giving us uh, his time. He does not need an introduction, but let's uh, massage his ego and give him one nonetheless. We are talking about one of the great CVs in rugby history, one of England's greatest players, their only World Cup winning captain 20 years ago this year on the Six Nations front. He won five championships. That includes two Grand Slams. His Lions career is in the legendary category as well. Three times a tourist, twice tour captain, winning captain in 97 in South Africa. And then with Leicester, five premierships, twice a Heineken Cup winner. Coached England then for three years, Six Nations winner 2011 and very much a card-carrying member of the World Rugby Hall of Fame. I am, of course, talking about Martin Johnson. It's great to have you on the show. You're very, very welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. How are you going? Great. You probably don't remember very well, but you were with myself and Brian O'Driscoll in March of 2018 at the National Concert Hall in Dublin, very grand uh, setting. And we had thought you might take the role of pantomime villain, but you came out and had the room eating out of your hand to our uh, general Uh, surprise. I like the pantomime villain role. I (laughs) I must have got that wrong. (laughs) Um, what is your sense of what this uh, venture down in Limerick is it's all um, it sounds all very impressive but a touch uh, vague have you had a look around yeah we're here now yes it's it's just more about the spirit of the game really it's more about about what the game's about um, globally um, some of the sort of history of how and why and when and who uh, but more of a, more of a feel of the game and, and, and what it means to people, uh, the values of the game. Yeah, so it's it's interesting. It's not just a, a room, f- you know, packed with old rugby memorabilia. It's more about the spirit of the game and and what it means to people. So it's it's um, it's quite impressive. What does the game mean to you? Um, well, it's been everything to me, really. It's, uh, I was just talking just now. Um, I'm co- you know I coach uh, my boys team under 15s and you're seeing these guys now sort of going through the same experiences we went through 30 30 plus years ago um you know learning to learning to play discipline uh friendship camaraderie i, I you know there's a few bad news stories about rugby going around um you know there's some of the financial stuff in in england particularly and and concussion but the thing that's going on all the time is around the world is is people are meeting up at rugby clubs playing rugby but more than that enjoying the whole experience of, of friendship and, and rugby's always we didn't really even talk about it i think in our day and and talk about values but it was just there and it was it was handed down to you by the older players um and as, as youngsters you sort of 
you get embedded and you just follow on follow on with what what is going on around you so that 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 idea of um you know being part of something being part of a rugby club that's just bigger than one team um bigger than you bigger than bigger than an individual uh having friends you know looking after each other on the field off the field uh having having fun and having fun as well that's the thing i think sometimes we forget now in an era of um you know, elite sport when everyone's talking about, you know, I, I I do get a little bit, it does annoy me a bit when people talk, oh, has he made it? Has he made it? Is he going to make it? What does that mean? I mean, if you go and play rugby for a year, two years, five years, 10 years, 20 years and enjoy yourself, what more do you want? I mean, I enjoyed doing what I did uh, to the level I did it. If I, if I didn't enjoy it, I wouldn't have done it. You know, I never, I didn't do it for the money because there wasn't any when I started doing it. I wanted to do it, so um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the hard work. I enjoyed it. wasn't a sacrifice to go training. Um, I enjoyed going. You know, I enjoyed training, meeting up with the guys, doing that, trying to achieve. And when you look back, you know, you get introduced as you, you introduced me. Now he won this. He won that. We also lost it more times than we won it. You know, I played in three World Cups. We only won one. I played in ten European Cups. Whatever we won the couple. You know, I played in 10 championships and we won, you know, a few. So you lose and you win. And uh, that, that's all part of it as well. And, and those experiences, when you come back, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're you, you almost treat them the same. It's, they were just your experiences. And, and yeah, the winning was great. Losing wasn't at the time, but you look back at it and it, it was, it it's what happens to you in, in any walk of life. You have success and you have partial success and and but you regard those as failures you know get to a cup final well it's only two teams do it but one of them loses and you think you're the you know you think that you you think you're the worst team in history because you've lost a cup final by three points so um all, all those experiences it doesn't matter and i say to people all the time it doesn't matter what team you play in whether it's the lions or your international team or you know your school team or your club team or the club fourth 15 if you feel that um, you know that involvement and that that enjoyment and that passion and that camaraderie. That's it. That you're doing it. You know you're doing it. There's nothing. There's nothing more than that. Do you miss your playing days? Do I miss them? Yeah, in a way. But I, I, you're also in a different phase of life. I was very lucky. I played at a high level till I was 35. It was my choice to retire. I knew it was time to retire. Um, but then you're in a different phase of life. You know, you watch your kids play. You enjoy watching that. Uh, and and you know the, the thought of the thought of going and training and playing again now just just wow um, you can't sometimes you think did I go and do did I actually do that did I but you did and we you know we enjoyed it we enjoyed every minute of it um, and when you didn't you know when it was tough I always say to people all the time it's okay when everything's going well and and you feel good team's going well you're winning um, it's easy you know it's easy. You've got to, you've got to, when you're not feeling good, when you feel a bit low, you're injured a little bit, things aren't going well, morale's low, you're losing. That's, that's when you've got to perform and, 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 you know, that's when you see who's got, who's got it, what it takes, because that's the difficult times where you've got to, you've got to show a bit of character and try and drag yourselves back around. And that, they, they can be difficult times, particularly when you're doing it professionally and your whole sort of existence uh, seems to, rest on 
on on a on a performance, you know, on ninety minutes on a Saturday, it can get on top of you if you if you're not careful. So they're the times when you've got to really, um, you know, you see what people are about in those times. You know, anyone can do it when it's all easy. Yeah, I'll bet. I was talking to a former rugby player, and he was um, he's just got a, a fairly routine job now, and he was comparing his past life with his current life. And he said, the big difference is life just feels a lot slower and I have far fewer ups and downs. Yeah, yeah. When you're playing, particularly professionally, you're on that weekly cycle. Play, you know, you either win, lose. So the rest of the week, depending on that, um, then you go back into the you know preparation for the game. Then you're tapering down for the next game, win or lose. Yeah, if we lost, I mean, I was lucky. I played in in club teams that we didn't. You know, if we if we didn't win the league, it was a bad it was a bad season. So there was pressure in in that regard, but it's a good pressure because you, you know you're striving. Oh, win some, lose some wasn't good enough. You know, if we lost a game, that week was horrible. Between and no one had to say anything. You know, we didn't get in and get get you know, rollicking on Monday morning, it was there. That feeling was there of, you know, self-detesting revulsion. (laughs) (laughs) And would come out in the week and would normally result in you playing well the next week because of you've you've gone through that experience. So, um, yeah. Sorry to interrupt. The fellow I was talking to, he missed that as well. I mean, it's grim, but you're living. Yeah, yeah. You're up and and down. You're up and down. And, and, uh, you know, you're living... Where yeah, most most jobs it, it, there, there might be some highs, but they're they're not they're not as often or as maybe as big or yeah, it's it's a little bit more mundane, and mm. that's why I, uh, when I see guys sort of make, oh the sacrifices I make to do this, there's lots of jobs out there that that, that, that will you know that's it's called work, <laughs> it's called work, you know for a reason, and you get paid to do it for a reason. People don't do it for free. It's it, it can be mundane. It can be a bit you know repetitive and yeah. um and you don't i mean the great thing with being a pro sportsman you're generally with people of your of your age and, and like mine so you're, you're in a great workplace you can get away with things that uh you, <laughs> you'd be sacked for in the normal workplace very quickly um so yeah it, it's a it's a it's a it's a good life but you want to the, the pressure of performance is there hmm. but that you need that i think most people need that to to do their best. I certainly do. And we touched on this actually uh, five years ago now. My goodness, time is flying in 2018, so I won't rehash that conversation. But another five years on, uh, the same question, the appeal of getting back into that world and professional coaching and and, and plugging back into that very vibrant, if uh, stressful world, that that's not pulling you back in any way no no it was bad enough coaching in the 15s last week in the cup that was enough that was enough so what well aside from coaching the, the 15s what gets your juices flowing what what takes up most of your time these days uh nothing really takes up most of my time i do a bit of broadcasting i do a bit of speaking i enjoy riding my bike that's my sort of uh that's my sort of thing i get on the bike and ride with some local guys and that's uh that's our thing that keeps us uh keeps us sane so that, that's that's my fun okay. uh, and and training and fitness and all the rest of it so yeah I'm, I'm one of those guys who's on the bike and getting beeped out by the traffic yes six foot seven martin johnson in lycra is quite the image you know you want to see it <laughs> <laughs> um 20 years on from the world cup i suspect you'll be asked about this a whole ton 
uh, this year. So just one question. As you reflect on it, what would you say was the, or were, was or were the defining characteristics of that group from afar? They're often talked about as this almost self-sufficient dressing room, lots of leaders. What, for you, what was the secret sauce? I don't think, I don't know. I mean, people always want to, you know, know the secrets. And I say to people, they're just the same, you know, they're just the same people as everyone else. Are. I mean, because some of them are good at rugby and um, we all have the same issues. I, I think um, the, the great thing, we were, you know, we define, you know, rugby teams, what, what, what do you need to, to, to be successful? And there's two things. You have to have the the ability and the skill and all the rest of it, and you can work on that. But but you need the, the the good enough players to be able to do it. And we had that. But you also need the biggest thing is that intangible thing of desire and, and want. And so a lot of us have been around a long, long time and had opportunities and thought we were good enough, or thought we might be good enough. It's probably more accurate to 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 do something in previous World Cups. I mean, Jason Leonard in that team had played. 12 years ago when England made the final. I played in 95 when we made a semi-final and got, you know, got heavily beaten by the All Blacks. So we were never satisfied. You know, we'd won a Grand Slam in 03, but we were never satisfied because we knew we we had an opportunity to try and to try and win the World Cup. And if you have that, you're very fortunate um, to be in a team that's that's got a chance to do it because there's only normally three or four probably going into a tournament. That, that have really got the chance to to win it, and um, it, it it was a mature group to work with because they you know they were they were older guys, experienced guys. Um, so it, it, in in that in that regard, it was a a an a, an easy an easy job because you you just had mature guys who wanted mm. to perform, wanted to play, wanted to do their best. So they they were working. And once you get that, it becomes a it becomes uh, the place that everyone wants to be. Everyone wanted to be in that team and be in that squad. And when we came together before the World Cup, you know, there's only 30 guys can travel. And you probably knew 20 plus of them, the guys that were going to go unless something dramatic happened. So those last few spaces were incredibly hard, you know, hard to get and hard fought for. So, um, yeah, we had all of those things that, that people talk about in, in, in to certain degrees. Um and just good, good people. I mean, people say to me, oh, you're a good captain. Well, if you've got good people in your team, in your group, in whatever, then you're 90% of the way there because you'll find a way. You know, when it goes wrong, they're honest enough to to evaluate themselves and, and find the way for it to happen. So we'd, we'd had our disappointments. We'd lost games we should have won. Um, but ultimately, in the World Cup, you've got to find a way to win that game because – you know, the Monday morning, you're, you're back home. You're back home out of the tournament. And, oh, yeah, we should have done that. Oh, we could have done this. It, it doesn't mean anything, does it, when you're out of the tournament? You don't you don't get to come back the following week and try and sort it out. So we had that. Ultimately, we could find a way to win a game through, um, like I say, some some real disappointing experiences of losing games. Mm. Um, we, we just had that experience and know how to, 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 win, a, to win a game. Well, it's funny you say that. It's it's clearly not just uh, lip service. Your faith in the group, because I, in anticipation of talking to you today, I was looking around at different bits and bobs and came across a short clip of Neil Back, and he was recalling 
the tunnel before the World Cup final and you would routinely, as you're about to head out, turn around, say a few words to uh, the group. And he, he vividly remembered a World Cup final. You turned around, looked at the group and then said nothing. And he asked you about that a couple of weeks or months later, you know, what gives? And you said, I looked around and saw a group that didn't really need any words. We were good to go. Yeah, and we were. I mean, what do you say before a World Cup final? <laughs> you know, what do you say? Oh, lads, it's a big game. We better win this one. Oh, okay, yeah. No, yeah. Not, I've not thought of it, yeah. <laughs> what do you say? I mean, I, I think that the things we did, the only thing I did say the night before the game was it, it just just do what we do. You know, don't, don't think you have to... I think in, in games, players and, and even experienced players, and we've all done it, you can either you can either sometimes overplay your hand, try too hard, you know, win, win the game every time you touch the ball, try and win the game in the first five minutes, or you can underplay your hand sometimes and 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 be too cautious and not do things you'd normally do. And I just said, let's do what we do. If it's there, it's there. Let's do it. If it's not, you know, we we don't force it. We'd force things a little bit in in a few games in the World Cup before that. Guys have done occasionally done some things they wouldn't normally do. Let's not do that. Let's just do what we. It's a game of rugby. Ultimately, it's a game of rugby played on you know a rectangle of grass like every other game of rugby you've ever played in. The fact that millions are watching and all the rest of it, that the the sort of the fear of losing what will happen if you lose the game mm. can sometimes be overriding. So just go and play. I think again, experience comes into it. We could do that in in the. And that, and we didn't play fantastically in the final, far from it. But ultimately, we just found the way to win. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the many upsides of the sport, and you referenced some of the downsides for your group, for your era. Uh, a lot of people here, for instance, watched the Steve Thompson documentary, stopped a lot of people in their tracks. Uh, that must be awful, surreal to see that happening to your colleagues in their forties. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. Yeah, it's 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 not great. Um, no, it's not great. But uh, yeah, I think whenever you know, whenever you see anyone, then it doesn't matter if you know them or not. Sometimes in in, in that situation, it's not uh, it's not nice. Is is he someone you would reach out to semi routinely, or what? What's the relationship? Um, Steve, yeah, he's young. Steve's a lot younger than me, so he wasn't my sort of uh, direct. You sort of the guys you know I played. And Steve, Steve was probably the last into that team as a. The year before, so yeah, he, yeah. I've um, it's sometimes a difficult guy to contact Stephen. Always has been, but uh, yeah, he's uh, there's there's uh, yeah. So I've spoken to some of the guys about that situation. So um, yeah, I've got to deal with it. Okay, and in general terms, without naming names, are there others of your vintage who are having their struggles? Well. I, I, not so much, really. I don't think. There's, I mean, you know, I come. I have friends who've played played rugby. You know, obviously played at a high level. I've got friends who've played junior rugby. I've got friends who've never played rugby, and you know, physically, some of them have ailments. Some that played, some that didn't. So, mentally, some of them have issues. Some that played, that some that didn't. So, it, it's can you you know going to pin everything? Oh, I played rugby. I you know I've got an issue. So. Um, it, it, it's it's a it's not a coverall. Oh, I played rugby. That must be the that must be the cause of my of my problems. You know, people people have have physical and mental issues, don't they? It's just from my experience that goes that go, and and they can be they can be 
severe or mild most of them mild fortunately that i that i know of and and you deal with it. it's part of dealing with your life isn't it you know the ups and downs of it to the present day world cup 2023 how do you see it then who are the you mentioned there are often three or four teams oh i think i think europe is, is Ireland and france and has been for two or three years um the top the top two teams there and they've won the both won a grand slam in the last two years Ireland, you know winning you, you win a series in new zealand that's that's uh, historic, you know. So they they've got a chance. They've got a real strong chance to win a World Cup. Same with France. I think France at home can work either way for them. The pressure. I remember 07 being in Paris before the first game, and everywhere was covered in French rugby posters. And so it'll be it will be inescapable for them at home. Um, I was there in October with some of these guys, and they were talking about the tournament. And I'm just sitting there thinking as a player, you know, it's, it's a year away. It's a long time for a player. And you're in the middle of a season already and everyone's telling you to, you've got to win the World Cup. And so I can, it can weigh heavy. Um, but they, in terms of ability, without a doubt, uh, and New Zealand, South Africa will always be there. Someone was saying to me yesterday, he fancies Australia to make the final because of the draw, <clears throat> which was interesting. So I, th- I think those top four <laughs> right now are, are the the better four obviously know the, the draw sort of weighted um quite heavily on one side with, with some teams so that will be interesting but you know there's always a team comes through and overperforms and someone underperforms mm. you know you knock out knock out games literally all that work it goes down into 80 minutes so and you can lose everyone can lose in 80 minutes you can have that day this you can have that day where it doesn't go well they play well the referee doesn't sit well with you whatever and and you find yourself out of a tournament I mean I got knocked out by five drop goals one year you know I think five Johnny De Beer in 99 five drop goals in the second half really yeah really you're out on the train home Monday okay um, yeah so I, I think the, the great thing with the tournament is it's a, it is that it's exciting isn't it knockout games I remember being in Japan watching them beat Scotland 2019 and that was a, not just you know because it was Scotland, but it was a hell of a performance. You just had to be, you had to admire the uh, tenacity and the bravery of the J- Japanese. The way they played the game uh, was just um, fantastic. So, and, and the way their home crowd got behind them and the whole thing, you know, to see them doing it was was pretty special. So, you know, hopefully it's a it's a tournament that's full of you know that you can have subplots in the pool. Everyone's trying to just overachieve that little bit aren't they you go to the tournament okay we're not going to win we're not going to qualify but we can if we can be x and y or we can be x and win a game win two games when if we can qualify if we can get to a quarter if we can get to a quarter and get to a semi then you know so everyone's got that ambition to to, to do something even if it's probably not realistically winning it for some of them yeah um but then you never know you get you get into knockout rugby like i say you can you can you can find a way to to win matches a lingering memory uh, for me from this year's Six Nations is uh, ashen-faced Steve Borthwick at Twickenham after France had scored 53 points. Um, you've been in that role, not least when it gets a bit sticky. I don't know how, how much time he will have with the players. What is the likelihood of him being able to turn that ship around come World Cup time? Yeah, I think they, they played France, who, who had a, an exceptional day. But yeah, shipping 50 points at home is... Um, it's gonna, yeah. It's not a not a great memory, but that's where they are. You know, that that's the danger with France. 
I said before that game, if you meet them, whenever you played them, even in club rugby, you play the French team, you know, if you get it wrong and they're on, they're on song, they can rip you to pieces. Um, I, I, I think England will, will be, will be competitive at this tournament. I think they'll be competitive. Um, and they'll, you know, they, you've got to make yourself difficult to beat. And if you, if you can do that, in 2007, they opened the tournament, they were heavily beaten by South Africa. And it was looking, you know, if he is, as if they qualify and they, they end up in the final and could have won it. So, um, Things can change very, very quickly. You're never, I always say, you're never that far away. You're never that, you're never that far ahead and you're never that far behind, really. And sometimes the scores can go with you and against, with you and against you. Um, so, you know, I think England, but you use that as a spur as well. You should use that as a spur as a team, but that, that's not going to happen again. We are better than that. And, um, and, and we'll, we'll do something at the World Cup. So it will be interesting to see how they go. Like you say, once you get, you know, you have to get into the quarterfinals, but if you can get there, then you're, you know, you're in those, uh, you're in those, those situations. I mean, England beating Australia in 07. Australia thought they were going to win that game. Mm. You know, they thought they were going to win that game. And uh, 90 minutes later, they're going home. What's your sense of Andy Farrell, the man, and the job he has done with Ireland? Yeah, I think Irish rugby is is in a great place because I think they're, they're the whole thing works. The provincial system's working for them. It's working for the for the national team. The, the whole thing seems to follow, flow through from even the schoolboy level. My lad played against uh, Blackrock College this year, and that you know they were. It was like watching Ireland play. So um, the whole thing seems to be working. Where where our system, I think, needs some some tweaking at, le- at the very least. Because we don't seem to be producing for whatever reason, right? You know, getting our guys through from that lower level to the, the top level, um, the Premiership. There's a lot of, well, there always has been, but there's a lot of uh, foreign players in there, and are are our players, are the English players, getting the best opportunity to play at the, at the best level they can play at when they're young, mm. to make them, you know, internationals when they start hitting their early mid twenties, and and. You know, I think I think Steve should have more more players to choose right. from than teams to have. Uh, last question. Our time here is relatively brief. On the Heineken Champions Cup front, you're twice a winner of this uh, tournament, yeah. and of course, Saracens have had a wonderful recent tradition, and Exeter did win in twenty. But I'm curious, your sense of Premiership teams and the extent to which this is a, a holy grail for them, that this is important uh, for them, and even tied in with that. Richard Wigglesworth at the Aviva after uh, Leinster beat them and you know he was talking in passing about how well look financially we just can't compete and there's a gulf like I thought this is Leicester like it was just a bit defeatist are, are, are premiership teams looking at Europe and, and prioritising it the way you'd like I hope not because I, I, I agree with you a little bit you know if, if you my last year we played Toulouse in the semi-final uh, at home and they had internationals on the bench and they beat us. But they beat us because we didn't play well enough. You know, we could have played better and we could have won the game. So they didn't beat us because I, I understand what they're saying sometimes, but you've got to, you've got to, you've got to, that's the challenge. You've got to compete with these guys. You know, you can, you can do it. You just, you need to improve. You know, if you start, I agree with you. If you start, I remember another playing say, player saying that a couple of years ago, you know, just walking off the field, oh, they've got this and they've got that. Well, you're beaten before you start if you're giving yourself that excuse. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think 
I, I'd love, I love the European Cup when it started. It, it revived, um, it revived our club rugby. I think because we were playing the same games. You, you know, you we weren't even playing the Welsh clubs. It's crazy when you look back. We were playing the same English clubs twice a year, and and there's there's more out there. So we when we got to play in Europe, it was like a breath of fresh air. Playing the French clubs, playing the playing the Welsh clubs again. You know, coming to play the Irish provinces, Scotland, Italy. Uh, it was fantastic. We loved it. We fell in love with the tournament, lost the final. Um, took four years to get back and, and probably the highlight of most guys' careers uh, was 2001 when we won that European Cup. You know, international rugby included. That's one of the best days of our, of our lives. So I hope so. My answer is I hope so because it's a, it's a great tournament. You've been very good your time. Uh, we've gone slightly over anyway. So uh, we will say uh, best of luck to you and everybody at the International Rugby Experience. Martin Johnson, real pleasure as always. Thank yeah. you very much. Thank you, mate. Rugby on Off The Ball. With Vodafone, official sponsors of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us.